Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, somebody. The auction is heavy in the house tonight for prayer. Daddy, I was, I was, I was saying, please, don't finish my message. You have preached everything I came here to, came here to appeal. I was saying, God, if this man finished my message, I would just come and say, the message has been preached. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray briefly. You are brooding over every darkness. You are causing light to shine from darkness. You are brooding over every darkness. You are causing light to shine from darkness. God, you are brooding in our Mississippi. And we ask, oh Lord, that you have your way. We ask, oh Lord, that you bypass this limited vessel. Overlook my limitedness, oh Lord. And let your word shine through. Let your auction shine through. I ask for all trans, O oh Lord. Let me not be heard. Let your voice be heard. Let me not be heard. Let your voice be heard. And let your glory shine through. In Jesus' name. Can't sit down. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't do our confession of faith, so I confess. My heart is receptive to the undiluted word of God. I'm delivered from spiritual blindness. I'm delivered from every oppression of the devil. I am sanctified and consecrated. I am restored to my divine purpose. I am wealthy to advance the kingdom of God. I am anointed for signs and wonders. I am changed to change the world. This week, I activate the blessings of God over my life. This week, I enforce the will of God over my life. Amen. It's interesting that the first time I was in this kind of setting, when I was much younger, was a charismatic program. And I remember going there and I was wondering, I would see people pray and I would wonder, is this how they pray? Why are they praying like this? This is strange to what I'm used to. This is strange to what I grew up knowing as prayer. I couldn't relate. And it's funny how God, years down the line, orchestrates events that would ensure that my first major miracle in life still came from a charismatic vigil. And now, he has brought me here to still talk about the same topic. Praise the Lord. Our God is intentional is intentional our topic for this night is return to the place of prayer return to prayer I know it's not a new topic I know it's not it's something we've heard but by the grace of God we will hear something different in Jesus name return to the place of prayer prayer is many things to many people in our small walk or our long walk with God, 
have experienced different highs and lows. And if we are being honest, what rescued us at our lowest moments were those prayers, either that we said or that were said over us, prayers that went ahead of us, made most of our lives easier. In my own way, I will say, prayer is allowing God find expression in you first before through you. Prayer is allowing God find expression in you before through you. Prayer is, prayer is powerful. <laughs> prayer is good. Prayer has no alternative. You can search. You can search all that God created. There is His Word. There is the Holy Spirit. And there is prayer. Prayer has no alternative. There is no option when it comes to the place of prayer. A prayerful person is a victorious person. A prayerful person is a yielded person. Prayer makes it easy for us to obey God. A lot of times we hear preaching that says, obey the voice of God. Obey this. Read your Bible. Do this. But trust me, those things are not easy. But if you have a life of prayer, it makes it easier. It doesn't make it easy. There is always work to do. But it does make it easier. Every time we pray, we give God an opportunity to move in our environment, to move in our space, to move in our families. Because, yes, prayer is for us first. But most times, those that benefit from our prayers, our loved ones, our country, our church, those around us. Every time we pray, we allow God move. We allow him to express his majesty. We allow him to express his glory. Every time we pray. And every time we slack in the place of prayer, we limit the hand of God. We hold his hand from that intervention. We hold his hand from that person he was supposed to send us to. Prayer gives us power. Power to change things. Prayer does. Prayer gives us power. Prayer makes the voice of God clearer. A lot of times I still hear people say, I can't hear God. I don't understand. How do I know when God is talking? Pray, pray, pray. His voice becomes clearer. You start, you start to see between his voice and noise. You start to see. Have you ever been under? Have you ever listened to a preaching and your spirit resists? Although the person is saying all the right things, but your spirit is resisting the message. Prayer is working in you. There is something about, not probably not even about the person, but there is something in, in that message that is not for you. Prayer is powerful. Tell your neighbor, return to the place of prayer. Prayer helps us surrender. A lot of times, give your will to God. Give your will to God. It's not easy. Oh. It's not easy. It's not easy. Give your will to God. Give your will to God. <laughs> My dear, the hardest thing you can do as a human being 
is give your will to God. But in a place of prayer, you can. You can. You can. Because there are strange things in this work with God. There are, there are some weird things that God will ask you to do. There are some things that he will tell you not to do. There are things he will refuse you from doing. And they are not necessarily bad. But he knows. <laughs> it's for your greater good. Return to the place of prayer. Prayer helps us change. Drop weights and burdens. Have you ever been heavy? There is a problem. A lot of us, let's be honest, we came to God because of problems. We came to God <laughs> in a place of sorrow. Heavy sorrow. We had tried our will. We had tried our strength. It didn't work. Prayer helps us lift burdens. Prayer makes our weight lighter. Prayer is powerful. Prayer sharpens our discernment. Give me first John chapter 16, verse 4. A man without discernment. <laughs> you are a ticking time bomb. Prayer sharpens our discernment. First judge, first judges chapter 16, verse 4. It's a long read, but it's talking about the story of Samson. We know Samson. Samson was a, was a strong man. He was created for a time of war. He was a man among men. A man that could end an army. One man. He did not need a deputy. He didn't need an army. He was that strong. He was that powerful. He was that influential. One man. But if we notice the story of Samson... Samson always prayed every time he saw the Philistines. They would say he appeared in Gaza and the Philistine army came and he cried out to the Lord. <laughs> Samson was a microwave sharp man. Every time there is problem, he would cry out and his strength would prevail. Every time there is confrontation, he would cry out and <laughs> God will walk through him. But Samson was not a man of prayer. There is a difference between someone who cries at a time of pain, at a time of sorrow, at a time of need, and a man who just prays. A man who lives a life of prayer. Samson was not a man of prayer. So his discernment was low. All he took was for somebody to change costume and he could not recognize his enemy again. And see Delilah came. And it was so funny when you read this story, you look and say, ah, ah. but this lady asked you three times, what is the source of your strength? Even if you don't have discernment, ah, ah. what happens to common sense? Somebody is asking you, what is your secret weapon? The first time you told her, she went and did it. Ah, ah. You, you, you laughed. The second time, she asked you. You gave her another joke. She went and tried it. You were not sleepy, you no. Know, and you still laughed. And the third time, ah, bros. Haba. Prayer gives you discernment. Until his lack of discernment cost him his life. Cost him his life. 
a strong man was wasted. <laughs> it's not because of woman, please. A lot of times when we read that story, we say woman just came and moved something away. It was not, it was not a woman. It was discernment. If you have the spirit of discernment in you, you will see the devil for what he is. It doesn't matter the costume he wears. It doesn't matter. It comes as your friend. It comes as your boss. It comes as your spouse. You will see him. You will say, ah, ah, bros. I know you are my friend, but I can see your colors. I can see what you look like. That was what this man does. Let's look at another place. Um, Acts chapter 16, verse 16. We see a man. A man of prayer. He said, and it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination, familiar spirit, metals, which brought her master much gain by soothsaying. Continue. And the same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, these men are the servants of a most high God, which showed unto us the way of salvation. And this did, this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. This is a man of sharp discernment. It's not just discernment, but sharp discernment. Funny enough, she wasn't against them one. She wasn't even there on a contrary mission too. She was even there saying what they already were. Ah, these men are servants of God. I can see your glory. You know when you walk along the road sometimes, you see people with familiar spirits tell you, you are very bright in your family, this one, that one. A lot of us were quick to listen because we think that's the voice of God. But if you have discernment, you know this is a familiar spirit. It did not matter that she was accurate in her analysis. It did not matter. But the fact that she was not operating with the spirit of God, the only spirit of truth, it was enough for him to look at her, see her for what she is, and rebuke her. And he said immediately the spirit left her. Discernment will save your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Return to the place of prayer. Prayer is a tool for revival. In our time, in our days, there's so much distraction. It's obvious. Do you feel weary? Do you feel overwhelmed by the recent happenings or whatever it is that is happening? It is a call. Your spirit is calling you to a place of prayer. We download revivals again that your people may rejoice, Lord. We download revivals again. Prayer is a tool for revival. Prayer is a tool for deliverance. Prayer is a tool for recovery. The Bible told us that when a thief is caught, he is made to pay sevenfold of what he stole. You cannot catch a thief if you're not a praying man. It doesn't matter where they've stolen from you. They will steal and go scot-free and they will keep stealing. But a man of prayer can command recovery. A man of prayer can stand and say, all that has been stolen from me, I recover and I recover in seven folds. Hallelujah. Prayer is a tool for separation. Have you ever prayed so much that, that you lose desire for a lot of things? You, you just, there's no, nobody telling you what to do, but 
you just there are events you don't attend there are things that happen around you you're not moved even to food basic necessity there is a period that you pray and you separate yourself to God you just naturally separate from a lot of a lot of times we tell people, live a life of separation. Live a life of separation. You cannot separate in the flesh. It is not possible. You're not equipped that way. There are a lot of things that we're not able to do. But if we surrendered ourselves to a life of prayer, it makes it easy. It makes it possible. Hallelujah. Prayer is a tool for direction. In our times... God knows we need direction. As people, we need direction. As a church, we need direction. As a country, we need direction. Prayer is a tool for direction. Do we remember the story of David? 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8. Went to battle, came back and saw that another camp had besieged him and taken away all that belongs to them. His Bible said he consoled himself in the Lord. That is prayer. He consoled himself in the Lord. That is prayer. And he didn't stop there. He went further to ask for direction. He, didn't, he did not assume he knew the next step. He did not assume he knew what to do. The Bible said there is a way that Simeth writes. <laughs> the end thereof is destruction. A lot of us, we want to do things in the flesh. We want to do it with our strength. We want to do it because we've done it before and it has worked. Ask God for direction. David came to God and asked, should I, should I pursue? Will I overtake and will I recover all? And God said, yes. Because you asked me in prayer, you did not go by yourself. You acknowledge that I am the one leading you. I am the one that owns direction. He said yes or should overtake and you will surely recover all. Prayer will give you direction. A man that has an active life of prayer is a man that knows where he's heading to. Praise the Lord. The life of purpose is littered with prayers. The life of purpose, a road to purpose is littered with prayers. A lot of us have escaped so many things because of the prayers our parents prayed on our behalf. It's our turn now. What are we doing for our children? What are we doing for our generation? Are we going to keep pressing on the prayer that our parents prayed on our head? Is that, is that the way forward? We have used up their prayer. It's time for us to keep another one for ourselves and the generations yet unborn. What are we doing? Let's come back to the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Mind you, you know how I did not talk about, you know, prayer is a disposition of your heart. You know, your heart has to be right with God. I didn't say all that because our God is merciful. It doesn't matter if you came to him for a selfish reason. Come. It doesn't matter if you came to the place of prayer for a wrong reason. But God will say, come. And if you stay in the place of prayer long enough, your wrong reason will change. If you stay long enough, your selfish desires will change. If you stay long enough, it will change. 
Hallelujah. Prayer is a tool, a very important tool. And like every tool, you have to use it wisely. You have to use it correctly. There is a way to use prayer. And you will get maximum results. There is a way to use prayer. And you will get the permissive will of God. But we trust me, we don't want the permissive will of God. We want maximum results. Because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. And these principalities and powers we are wrestling against, they come with their A game. Why are you coming with your XYZ game? Why? There is a place to use prayer to make it effective. To make it effective. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. said finally this is an advice finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in power and in the power of his might continue put on the whole armor of god that ye may be able to stand against the vows of the devil continue for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the ruler of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Are you seeing the way it was highlighted? They put comma, comma, comma. So you don't think you are fighting against one person. <laughs> Please go back. Please go back. No, no, no. Twelve, sorry. Yes. It said, we do not fight against flesh and blood, comma, but against principalities, comma, powers, comma, rulers, <laughs> of darkness in this world comma against spiritual wickedness not in low places in high places so why won't you want to approach it in a place of prayer that will give you maximum results why continue please he say wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that ye may be able to withstand in that evil day today is an evil day and having done all to stand continue Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of a gospel of peace. Continue. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Said, and your feet shod with the preparation of a gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. He said, 18. 18 is our point. He said, praying always. He didn't say pray sometimes. It didn't say pray when you need help. It didn't say pray when you're weak. It didn't say pray when you're confused. It didn't say pray when the enemy is already at your door. It said pray always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching there too 
with all his perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praying always with perseverance. With perseverance, sorry. Perseverance in prayer means continue. Continue. You have come to pray, but don't be in a hurry to leave. Continue. Stay in the place of prayer. I'll just highlight three points that will help us pray. That will help us focus our prayer. Not pray for praying's sake. And not pray in a way that will not give us maximum results. Hallelujah. My number one point I will say, understand the season. Understand the season. Understand the season that we are in. Understand that prayer is a personal journey. Understand the season. The season we are in as a country. The season that we are in as a church. The season you are as an individual. I will say understand that season. It will help you in your prayer life. For example, the season that we are in in Nigeria, as I said, Daddy had already taken away my message by himself. The season we are in in this country, your prayer point should be at the line of, Oh Lord, that you will rend the heavens and calm down and shake this mountain, Nigeria. That you will sit in your heavenly place and you will laugh at the wickedness of men. That is the prayer for Nigeria in this season. Not God bless Nigeria. <laughs> not God bless Nigeria. That is not the prayer for this season. The prayer is, Lord, have mercy on your people. Have mercy on your church. God, spare your people. May your church not be victim of war. May your church May your church experience your mercy this period in Nigeria. That is the prayer for this season in our country. Oh Lord, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end. Let the wickedness of the wicked be their end. That is the prayer for Nigeria in this season. Give me 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 8 please. A man who understood season was Elisha. He knew when it was time to run after, to serve his master Elijah. He knew when it was time to run after him to collect a double portion of his blessing. He knew when it was time, he knew the season. Ah, my master is going, I want double. Sir, I want double. I don't want one, I want double. Because he understood that a time will come when he will need double. Elisha was a dangerous man. Elisha was so strong that the king of Syria made war against Israel. And Elisha would sit in his bedroom and call the king and say, King, don't go to market today. Oh. And the king would say, Hey, okay, I won't go. <laughs> And the king of Syria will go to market and lay ambush and not find king of Israel. Uh -uh. It didn't happen once. It didn't happen twice. 
Elisha will call the king and say, don't go to the farm tomorrow. Uh-uh. The king will say, hey, farm. Okay. It was, so, it was so accurate that the king had to call his people. He said, who amongst you is working for the king of Israel? Who is that traitor in our midst? He <laughs> says, sir, long live the king go. But the traitor is not in our midst. There is a man. A man who has found a season. A man who has discovered his place in prayer. A man who will sit all the way in Israel and hear your thoughts in your bedroom. That was the kind of man to Elisha had. How can you hear another man's thoughts in his bedroom? How? That is what the level of prayer can give you. And that is what understanding your season, you know how to pray. You know how to move. You know how to tap into the grace that is available for that season. And for some of us individually, God is calling us. Like baby Samuel, God is calling us to a place of surrender. And all he needs from you is nothing serious. Just say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That's all. That's all. Your season is different. As much as we are, we are together in the church, but prayer is a personal journey. Prayer is a personal journey. Some of us, God is calling us. <laughs> when will you answer? Speak, Lord, the servant is listening. Speak, Lord, the servant. It doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to be regimented. Follow God. Follow him in your way. Follow him the way he enables you. Pray the way you can until the spirit of prayer comes upon you. Hallelujah. My second point will be understand the warfare surrounding your life. Understand the warfare surrounding your life. Understand the warfare surrounding your life. You give me Matthew chapter 9, verse 32. A lot of times we are praying for we are praying for things that are on the surface, and the real problem is, is beneath, it's far under. Just because we've seen one small hand, we are praying, reggae doge, oh God, do this, oh God, remove this, oh God. But the actual problem is something bigger. We're going to see, I'm going to show us two contrasting scenarios. This is Jesus, <laughs> a man of prayer, a man of discernment, a man who understands the season, a man who understands warfare. Said as they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a demon. The man had two problems. He was dumb, he couldn't speak, and yet he had a demon. Continue, please. And when, okay, continue. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spoke, and the multitude marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. Jesus could have as well taken his time to address and said, Young man, receive your speech. But Jesus Christ saw in his infinite wisdom that this problem. It's not about speech. There is a demon. Because he's not, he's not expressing himself. He's not the violent type. It didn't mean he wasn't there. 
he addressed the demon. Let's see another scenario. Acts chapter 3 verse 2. He saw through the man's problem. He saw through his dumbness. The dumbness was not the issue. He saw it and he addressed the actual issue. And the Bible told us that this man spoke. Now, this is another scenario. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gates of a temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for arms of them that entered into the temple. We know this story. The man who asked for arms from Peter and John. A lot of times, when we read this story, you see a man who is lame and is asking for arms. And we are quick to judge him, but we forget that it's the same thing we do. Let me, let me say that again. Every time we read that, we hear a man was asking for arms. But let me tell you something today. The man was not just asking for arms, he was praying. His prayer was, Lord, give me my daily bread. His prayer, his arms was a prayer, give me my daily bread. But that was not the problem that needed to be addressed. Lord, give me my daily bread. And the apostles looked at him. If it was a test, he had failed. But for the mercy of God, a lot of times when we see that story, we think, oh, this man was healed. He wasn't healed because he passed the test. He was healed through the mercy of God for two reasons. One, so that God's name will be glorified. And two, to give the apostle a platform to announce Jesus in the temple that day. That was why that man was healed. Else, else he had failed the test. How many times do we fail the test? We are so consumed with, give us this day our daily bread, Lord. That when we come in contact with people that can address the real problem in our lives, we are still stuck on, give us this day our daily bread there is a problem. Understand the warfare around your life. There is a pattern in your life. There is a pattern in your family. You're not addressing because you are consumed with a prayer. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Have you checked? Have you seen that in your life, after a certain age, the men, they don't make headway. No matter how intelligent they are, the women, have problems and you you finally came out of that captivity and maybe you get married and next thing you're pregnant and instead of you to to address the warfare around your life the life of that child that you're bringing to this world your prayer is lord give us this day our daily bread lord bless my child lord do this for my child when you should say oh lord i bring this child before you and I disconnect you from the roots of your fathers. I disconnect you from the limitation of your foundation. I cause every root that we come in and contend with your future. You are praying upon your child. Let him be blessed. Let him be prosperous. Let him, these are good. But there is a root that has not been uprooted. What are you building on? Because the Bible made us understand that they will gather. If that garden is not of me, they will scatter. That is not the issue. If it has not been addressed, it's prayer that we go forth and scatter that garden. Have you addressed it? No. 
they will gather. It's an assurance, they will gather. They will gather. They will gather. But what if you looked and looked again and saw the pattern and you crossed it from the roots and now your child grows up, let's say 30 years later and they gather like the Bible assured you, they will gather. And you say, ah, Mary gave birth so the boy don't tell man no. Let's go and afflict him. They will go and they will pass your child on the road. You have passed the person we sent you to. Say, I know I checked. I did not see our bloodline. You say, no, no, no. That is the son. This is the boy we sent you to. Remember the story of Moses. When he pleaded the blood, he put the blood on the doorstep so that every time, so that when the spirit of death passed around that night for the sons of Pharaoh, it will pass over. Now, the prayer you had prayed to disconnect that child from that bloodline of Pharaoh will speak that day. You, whoever was sent will look and say, he does not carry our bloodline. This child is different. This child, <laughs> I can't do anything. Something has happened. Something was changed. Something was altered. This was not the plan. What have you done? Then you don't even need to pray for your child to be the head and not the tail. Because naturally, as long as you have uprooted the seeds of wickedness, the seeds in the foundation, the seed around the warfare in your life, your child will prosper. Praise the Lord. And number three, I will say, understand, know, and nurture your level of intimacy with God because you will need it. There are times to say, if you faint at the time of adversity, your strength is little, but until adversity comes, we are all just gisting. Until adversity comes, you have not seen problem that happened to you and you could not pray. For hours, you will, you will break down and cry. You can cry for two days. <laughs> Until adversity comes, before you know how strong your strength is. Then the intimacy that you built with God, it will speak on your behalf. The intimacy you built in the place of prayer, it will speak for you. Build your intimacy so much that God will say, I cannot do anything in Gishiri unless I contact Mr. A. I cannot do anything unless I speak to my friend Abraham. I cannot do anything unless I consult this person. When God is looking for how to move in your family, there is a ready vessel that gives him power to make expression. Praise the Lord. Return to your place of prayer. Matthew chapter 26 verse 41 as I round up. The Bible says, watch and pray that ye may enter not into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray that you may enter not into temptation. Watch and pray for the days are wicked. Watch and pray because you will need the prayer. But now I will say to you, watch. Watch and watch again so you know what to pray about. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Talk to your neighbor. Say neighbor. God bless you.
Neighbor, check yourself. Neighbor, check yourself again. Neighbor, change your prayer points. God bless you. Hallelujah. We must not go we must go through this note so that it will digest what we collect. You understand? Hallelujah. But if there's anyone you must not forget, watch and watch again to know what to pray. If you didn't write anything, at least write that one. Hallelujah. I'm not okay with this mic. Watch and watch again to know what to pray. <laughs>